You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Featuring Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author of 12 books and a 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated. Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality. And Christian Miller, a national championship-winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian into Big Noon Sports. Lars, Christian, Matt, Joe, the gang is all here for this Tuesday afternoon. I'm going to just take my laptop outside, just do this show. Golly, after all this freezing weather, wow, we've got good weather. And I just heard James Band tell us, Lars, Thursday's high is 83. So we're going to go from 25 degrees to 83 in like three days. It's just, uh, it's amazing the weather in Alabama. Lars, what's up in your neck of the woods? Well, you know, for the first time in my life, Matt, I uh, purchased a bunch of flowers to plant. (laughs) And thankfully, uh, my ex-mother-in-law, when I saw her at one of my kids' uh, baseball games, uh, actually a soccer game, she told me, don't plant until after uh, Easter. That's the general rule of thumb. And I'm glad I didn't because all of my flowers would be dead (laughs) if I had done that. So, uh, yeah, I've always had a bit of a black thumb when it comes to gardening, but I'm giving it it a try, Matt. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm trying to experience new things and, you know, uh, let's get flowery here in our language. Ha ha. And, uh, you know, rebirth, (laughs) uh, regrowth, regeneration. Let's uh, let's get it going. Let's do. Uh, of course, we're in the middle of March Madness. Alabama continues. UAB plays tomorrow night at Louisville. Talk extensively about that. But uh, since it's very spring-like now, thought we'd jump into spring practice. Uh, Alabama had their first yesterday. Meanwhile, Auburn's first under Hugh Freeze. And uh, he has the task of developing a quarterback. And he has one that says he kind of reminds him of Malik, but... We're talking about Malik Willis when he was at Liberty. He had to develop Malik after he left Auburn. But um, that's a pretty high praise, but he was very soft about his praise because he's not saying he's the next Malik Willis. He's just saying perhaps there's a chance that he can coach him up to that. So I thought Hugh Freeze uh, worded that very properly as uh, they continue their work down on the plane. Meanwhile, um, Alabama got after it yesterday. If you'll say that for the first uh, actual uh, scrimmage or actual their scrimmage will come later this week with the practice yesterday. And um, guess what the main topic was when it came to Alabama's spring? It should come as no surprise to you, Lars. No, um <laughs> I, I, I was really amazed by this and um, floored, uh, actually. Just um, when Nick Saban took the podium after practice, and I, I know most of our listeners know what happened, 
Um, you know, he, he likes to make a few points and he, he jots down. Uh, and I've seen his note card before. He's actually shown it to me. And he, he just jots down like one or two words, right? And, and, and that reminds him of the points that he wants to make. And it's not necessarily points that he is delivering to the team, as we know. Uh, or sorry, to the media. It's, it's it, it, He's delivering a message to his team. But in this case, it almost seemed like he was delivering a message to Nate Oates. And, uh, you know, he was speaking about the recent arrest of freshman defensive back Tony Mitchell. And uh, it, it appeared right. And I'd love to get your your uh, your analysis of this, Matt. It appeared that Nick uh, took a subtle shot at Nate Oates. Um, and the thing is, Saban's not the subtle type. Like everything is sort of premeditated and calculated. So just the background here, Tony Mitchell, a four-star defensive back in Florida, uh, from, or he was in Florida last Wednesday and charged with possession of marijuana with intent to sell and or deliver. Uh, later, we learned that he drove 141 miles per hour trying to elude police before his arrest. And then comes Monday, yesterday, uh, Nick Saban met with the media following Alabama's first spring practice. So Saban announced that Mitchell's going to be suspended for team activities uh, until the school gathers more information. And But what made national news, and it truly made national news. I mean, we every columnist around the country seemed to have an opinion on this, especially on uh, social media. What made news was how Saban phrased uh, his uh, how he phrased it with Mitchell. And he said, quote, everybody's got an opportunity to make choices and decisions. There's no such thing as being in the wrong place at the wrong time. OK, so wow. he said, there's no such thing as being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, hey, does that phrase sound familiar? It should. Because um, that was uh, it was uh, back in on February 21, and that was uh, that was just after the testimony in a Tuscaloosa, uh, Tuscaloosa court that uh, Nate Oates took the podium and he tried to uh, let everyone know, I'll let the reporters know, kind of what he knew about uh, Braxton or, or Brandon Miller. And in his uh, association, his involvement in the tragic shooting. And at uh, when he uh, discussed the incident, Oates, by his own admission, used a very poor choice of words. And he said, um, he said, nobody knew what that was going to happen, meaning the shooting. College kids are out. Brandon hasn't been in any type of trouble, nor is in any type of trouble in this case. Wrong spot at the wrong time. And that quote, quote caught fire nationally. And it seemed as if Nick Saban was taking a direct shot at Nate Oates. Now, that is the perception. And I get that Nick Saban has been at basketball games uh, sh- showing his support for Alabama. But this just uh, it, it, it kind of came out of a of, of left field. And, and I don't really understand the, the motivation for it, but um, I, I would love to get your thoughts and, and, and also Christian's. Well, 
I think the first thing I'm going to say is what you just said and put a big quotation and uh, being the operative word. And that's it seemed. Um, does it seem like he did that intentionally or did he do it intentionally? Um, if so, bad choice of words again. Um, Don't you think that was an intense that? Uh, uh, it's it hard to, to tell with Nick Saban, but I would certainly <laughs> hope not. Wouldn't you? I would hope not, but I, I think it is intentional. I think what it's, makes you think it's intentional? Just because, because was, he used the was, same words? He used the same words, and it was in his opening statement. And he, so his, his opening statement is he, he, he thinks about that. This wasn't an off-the-cuff answer. He wasn't answering a question. This was in his opening statement. And uh, so he had time to uh, consider what he wanted to say. He's had a lot of time to consider what he wants to say, right? And right. Uh, and, and maybe maybe it was a faux pas. I mean, it, maybe it was. Um, I lean I, in that I, direction. I really do. I, I I find it difficult to believe that he would lead his spring practice with a quote directed at a team within his university's umbrella playing for a national championship. I, uh, maybe I'm just looking through crimson, saving colored glasses. But uh, I, he's too smart to do that. Yeah, but I'm telling you, you know, the New York Post is writing about this, about how Nick Saban is throwing shade at uh, at Nate Oates. But they don't and, know that. <laughs> but, but, Just because the, he used the term wrong place, wrong time, and that, it's, that it's, immediately it's, means it's attacking Oates? Uh, yeah, I, I've got to pull my doubt, my doubt card on this one. Well, this it, it just appears because he because it's it's essentially the exact same phrase, right? But uh, appearing and to be a fact is is a little bit premature. I mean, just I'm just it it it, 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 it may have been a poor word word choice. Okay, I'm acknowledging that, but but also it it uh, it, it it what it also does it throws fuel onto the fire of the story. <laughs> I mean, it's just it, it's another misstep by Alabama. There's no question about that. Like it's just another misstep. And it, is it, it a misstep or a mistake? Well, that, that depends on the intent. Right. If, if, if Nick Saban really did do this on purpose, then that I would classify as a mistake if it was a slip of the tongue. And just because he's, you know, that that phrase is lodged in his brain because it's been used so many times over and over now, um, that uh, that you know he just he he uttered the the, the same phrase. But I'm, I'm just telling you, it's been interpreted by people all around the country as uh, as just an eye opening sort of shocking quote. Um, and and so I. I don't know what to make of it. I, I can't believe that there is a rift between Oates and Saban. I can't, I can't believe that. And so uh, it, I, I think, though, it does warrant a follow-up explanation from Saban. I mean, wouldn't you agree with that? Oh, I, I need more information. I actually need to go back and pull down the delivery. All I did was read it. 
And as we all know, there's a big difference between reading a quote and hearing it. Uh, you know, maybe the emphasis on, on verbs and the emphasis on the way he says it. But again, I'll go back to say this. I find it very difficult to believe that intentionally he would throw shade at a guy in his own university running for a national championship. That, that doesn't make sense to you, does it? No, it makes no sense. But it, but I know uh, Coach Saban's words aren't vetted beforehand. His opening statement isn't vetted by anyone in public relations or in sports information, right? I mean, he's going to say what he wants to say. Uh, but it, it, if it was just a poor choice of words – uh, because of how it uh, it appeared to mock what um, what Nate Oates said, then it's just a sort of another PR gaffe committed by the Alabama Athletic Department. I mean, I, I think you can agree with that. Uh, well, but- I can agree with one thing for sure. It doesn't take but a sliver of any type of mistake or misinterpretation of wording at the University of Alabama right now for the national media to take over and start throwing boulders at them. So, and that's exactly what has happened. But I still find it difficult that that would have been done with any intent on Nick Saban's part. Maybe I'm just being naive. No, I, I no, I I don't think you are because I, I don't have the answer to that. I, I'm simply bringing out, and I and I'm not saying it was on purpose at all. I I am simply regurgitating all the information that I have been able to gather, and uh, and and maybe Joe uh, could pull up the clip and we can play it uh, coming out of the next break. We can do that because we definitely have to get to a break. We have got a show full. There are other things in the world of football to talk about a lot in the NFL. Uh, a really good and really good and from the University of Alabama has put on his pass the last time in the National Football League. We can talk about that. Some other movement in the NFL. That is up as well. And a lot to talk about in the world of basketball. So we've got it going on. Plus our guests at the bottom of the hour, Mike Rodak. University of Alabama, beat writer, AL.com. We'll jump into this conversation with him as well. And also, let's talk a little UAB in the second hour and the NCAA tournament as Steve Irvine is well-versed in all. As you listen to Big Noon Sports. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A little warmer this afternoon. The sky partially sunny. The high today, 64. Fair tonight. We stay well above freezing, below 48. Or tomorrow and Thursday, partly sunny both days. The warm-up continues. The high tomorrow, 74. The high Thursday, 83. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 57 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports team. Talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Uh, Tony Mitchell has been suspended from the team on all team activities until we gather more information about the situation and what his legal circumstance is. And, um, you know, I mean, 
guys, everybody's got an opportunity to make choices and decisions. There's no such thing in being at the wrong place at the wrong time. You got to be responsible for who you're with, who you're around, and what you do, who you associate yourself with, and uh, the situations that you put yourself in. So, um, it is what it is, but uh, there is, you know, cause and effect when you make, you know, choices and decisions that uh, put you in bad situations. There you have it. Nick Saban talking yesterday in his first address to the media following spring practice. And I don't know if people heard the rest of the news conference because they were all running to the telephones or cell phones and their Twitters to say Nick Saban just took a shot at his own university. And listening to it after reading it, I think Nick Nick just didn't think about what he was going to say in relationship to how it meant to Nate Oates. Now, we can all discuss that, but I guess my next question is, is he going to do anything about it? Uh, no, I, I bet he'll address it in his next uh, press availability. Um, and, and, you know, we were talking, uh, you and I and, and, and Joe Gaither, our wonderful producer, uh, during break. And, and you know, there's – and Christian knows this better than anyone. Um, you know, Coach Saban often like, lives in a bubble. Right. Because he's so uh, just focused on what he needs to accomplish and and what uh, is, you know, the, the, the task right in front of him. And he may not have even really been aware that Nate Oates used essentially that phrase wrong place, wrong time in an inappropriate way to uh, describe Brandon Miller's involvement in the tragic shooting. And so, you know, I think somebody may have just mentioned that phrase to Coach Saban. It becomes lodged in his head, and he's trying to make a larger point, not to the media, but to the team of, hey, you got to be always on guard. You got to be aware that you're a high-profile athlete, um, you always got to do the right thing and uh, you don't put yourself in a situation where bad things can happen. Right. He's continually preaching that. And so I, I certainly uh, I think most people in, in this state and across the country will give Nick Saban the benefit of the doubt on this one. But what I was just trying to say in the opening segment is that writers all around the country have jumped on this and and it, it has given even more life to the fire of the story that is dogging the Alabama basketball team right and 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 I, and I believe you're right I, I Matt I believe it was unintentional but uh it, it just it, it, it's a bad look it's a bad look and and, and I don't think there's any denying that Christian, are you in the studio? I am. I would be very interested to hear your take on this. Yeah, I mean, I think Lars kind of uh, made some good points. Uh, My my perspective from what I've heard, um, and and knowing Coach Saban, he does live in that bubble. He doesn't really watch the news. He's not really tuned in. He's not on social media. Um, So I'd be very surprised if he heard Nate Oates specifically mention that and knew the context um, regarding that situation in Nate Oates' press 
conference and then went into this press conference and said that um, with that being, you know, his reasoning for, for wording it that way. If, if I had to guess, I think he, someone had kind of said, oh, you know, um, his player, talking about his, his football player who was in trouble, you know, might have been in the wrong place at the wrong time and caught up with the wrong crowd. Someone might have just said that in his defense. And in his mind, he's saying, no, I don't believe in that. You know, he made the decision uh, to associate associate with that person. He was riding or letting that person ride w- with him, knowing they had that stuff with them in the vehicle. Um, so I, I think that's where he was going with that. I'd be very shocked if um, he intentionally worded it like that to take a shot at Coach Oates. That's not typically how Coach Saban does that. I mean, you're talking about a guy who never speaks down about his coordinators, um, I mean, we heard how he managed that when they would ask about how he would assess his coordinator's performances. He never spoke negatively about them. So do you really believe that he would go and, and throw the head men's basketball coach under the bus who we've seen no. him at the basketball games, attending their games, supporting them, supporting Coach Oates? That's not in Coach Saban's character and that's not on his agenda. So I highly doubt um, those were his intentions when he said that. I think it is a, 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 an unfortunate case of him saying something that just so happened to really line up with something that's been so, um, you know, major in recent um, weeks with, with, you know, Coach Oates and everybody is tuning in to their press conferences and what they're saying, um, you know, regarding the tragedy um, that occurred. And, and I think right now everybody's just looking for something. And, of course, Coach Saban, who's arguably the most popular figure in college football, you know, he comments on something and, and it – you know, it sounds like he's taking a shot. They're going to run with it. Everybody's going to yeah. start going and tweeting about it, writing articles. They're going to because because they can do that. They can just say it appears Nick Saban is taking a shot. They don't know that, but th- they're entitled to write that. They can do that because that's what they've come up with. And unfortunately, that's just the world we live in. So I would not be shocked if we come if we hear or see, you know, a release um, from Coach Saban or somebody um, from Alabama football just kind of, you know, clearing up. Um, his words are just kind of, you know, make it, making it a little more known that, hey, he did not mean this. This was not intentional. Um, it, it was kind of basically him, mis, you know, he misspoke, so to speak. So th- th- that's kind of my take on it. But um, I guess the, the ultimate way to find out would be to ask Coach Saban directly. And I'm sure the next time he does a press conference, someone will be bold enough to ask him. Well, his next press conference is slated for like uh, next week. So I don't know whether or not he'll address it. Uh, I'm sure he would rather not. Here I am thinking for him. He'd rather just go on with spring practice and not worry about something like this. Oh, it's probably at the back of his mind at this point. He's focused on watching the tape from yesterday's first practice and preparing for the next practice. I mean, because the last uh, thing he wants to do is get caught up in, in controversy, especially in the media, right? I mean, he is it's one of those things and it's a perfect example even me like I mean you guys knew we, we came in the studio last Friday I had no clue it was St. Patrick's Day I legit had no clue until Matt looked at my shoes and, and he thought they were green they're they blue shoes and <laughs> they were like, oh, blue you, you have your green on color block. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like wait I was like no 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 I'm not. They're, they're just blue and he was like oh you don't have a green I'm like wait what I need? I'm like oh wow it's St. Patrick's Day I had no clue and I'm, that's me, right? So I'm just imagining Coach Saban. There's like, it is very likely that he just d- doesn't. And there's no disrespect to you know Coach Oates, but he, he's probably I highly doubt he's listening to Coach Oates' press conferences. He has enough on his plate. He's worried about his team this year. I mean, he's looking forward to spring ball. I think he just was speaking from his own personal experience and his uh, personal beliefs in, in this situation and, and how he goes about things. And unfortunately, it just happened 
to line up with Coach Oates and what he said. And unfortunately, now there's all this controversy in the media that, you know, is probably being blown out of proportion. Yeah. Well, and, and you know what's and up as, next? As, yep. Sorry, as, as Joe uh, mentioned in our text thread that uh, reminding us that remember a few years ago, Nick Saban legitimately, genuinely did not know it was election day. <laughs> I mean, just because, again, he is he lives in a bit of a bubble. Dude, football yeah. consumes you. I try to tell you, y'all always probably think I'm joking when I say these things like, oh, I didn't know that. And like, I, But when I play, like, I, I'm not kidding. Like, you're so consumed with football and focusing on, you know, improving as a player, you know, watching film, just everything you can do to gain an inch because that's how that's how we're taught as football players and as football coaches. You lose sight of so many things and unfortunately just you eventually find yourself out of the loop on so many things. You know, Alabama's basketball team is in Louisville. We all know that for their uh, Sweet 16 matchup with San Diego State. Guess what the first question is going to be aimed at Nate Oates is. And I'll bet he emphatically settles this issue. Anybody want to take that bet? Coming up next, Mike Rodak from AL.com. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. First impression. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back on Big Noon Sports with Christian and Lars, myself, Matt Coulter, Joe Gaither is spinning about 18 different plates at our flagship station back at Tide 100.9 and never want to forget to thank him for all his efforts. But, uh, hey, I understand he's, you're going to Louisville. That's cool. Uh, Mike Rodak probably is, too, from AL.com is going to join us right now. And, uh, Mike, a lot of the talk has been about what Nick Saban said, what he meant. I want to get to that in a minute, but your story you released on AL.com about Tony Mitchell has given us further evidence um, that uh, this uh, this guy made some really, really bad choices. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's a thorough police report, you know, that was released. And, you know, I posted the entire thing, you know, word for word. So anybody can go out and, you know, read every single detail on it. And, um, you know, it's as we knew kind of from the start, it, it was a large amount of marijuana. And now we know it's 226 grams. We knew it was a large amount of cash. Now we know that to be $7,000 in cash. Uh, but what we didn't know going into it, uh, going into getting the police report was that there was really an attempt to evade the police, that the, the sirens were put on, you know, the cop pulled out and then the car, which was driven by Tony Mitchell, accelerated to 141 miles an hour, which if you kind of look on Google Maps, is is you know this is a straightaway one of those roads going down to the beach um you know in the florida panhandle it's just a straight shot road and you can definitely imagine a car getting to that speed on that sort of road so um and then you know essentially lost the cops and they, they found him it sounded like 10 15 minutes later um stopped him and that's when they made the, the discovery of of the drugs and also the gun um which you know his passenger was arrested for the possession of the gun I, I would assume because it was on the side of that car the passenger side and the police report is a little bit unclear 
it, it made a reference to Tony Mitchell having a permit for a gun. It didn't specifically say if that was the gun that was permitted. Um, and that's kind of a, a detail that we need to figure out down the road. But it just, you know, even beyond the, the, the fact that there was a gun, you know, the speeding aspect and the evasion aspect, the, the, the drug, the parent drug dealing aspect is, is certainly a big issue for him. Uh, Mike, do, do you think we uh, ever see, and I know this is a tough question to answer, but do you think we ever see Mitchell uh, suit up in an Alabama uniform? And also, uh, you know, we spent the first bit of the show just talking about Nick Saban's comment of, uh, you know, there's no such thing as wrong place, wrong time. Um, and, 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 and subsequently, I, I, I've seen that several writers have been told that it was purely coincidental that Saban wasn't taking a shot at NATO. Are you in line with that? Yeah, I guess I'll start with the first part as far as um, whether you know Mitchell will play. You know, obviously, it's tough to say for certain. I think the bigger issue for him right now is whether or not he goes to jail um, because this is not just a simple possession charge of marijuana. As you remember, you know Eli Ricks was stopped last year in uh, Mississippi had, a, I think it was one gram of marijuana, ended up getting that charge dropped. That's one thing. And it's a completely different thing when you have this amount uh, of marijuana with, you know, the, the general circumstances, too, of that case. So I think just avoiding jail time is, is going to be the bigger issue for him and kind of trickles down from there as far as whether he, he plays football for them. But that's something Nick Saban alluded to, too, when he said, you know, the legal circumstances that he faces, which are, you know, certainly severe. Um, as far as what Saban said, you know, the quote about wrong place, wrong time, I can certainly say everybody in the room kind of, when he said that, it was like, whoa, uh, everybody's faces kind of went up for a second. And um, I, I just from knowing Nick Saban, he's insulated in, in the sense that I don't think he pays attention to a whole lot that happens outside of his building or he's certainly not on Twitter. He's not. Um, you know, reading internet websites. Um, he's sort of an old school 71 year old who might read the Tuscaloosa news, might have some of his friends or his wife or whoever who, who reads stories and passes them along to him, but he's not really an avid consumer of what we consume. So uh, I don't believe personally that it was a direct reference to Nate Oates. I think it was more just a reference to um, what he believes, you know, players, how, how players should think. As far as, you know, what Chase, I think, you know, Chase Goodbread and there might be other people who have referenced it too. I personally am not sure, you know, if, if um, I, I wasn't under the impression that was an on the record uh, sort of declaration. And I, I've tried to reach out for clarification on that. I haven't gotten any, so I, I'm personally not running with that. But, um, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that's certainly the um, suggestion from Alabama. And again, I agree with it. Uh, I, I believe it. I don't think Nick Saban is out there on Twitter reading everything about what Nate Oates said. I can't completely rule it out, but I just don't personally believe it. Now, with that said, the content of the two, you can still juxtapose the, the content of what Nick Saban said versus the content of what Nate Oates said. Even if there wasn't intentional, uh, even if it wasn't intentional reference, you can still kind of compare and contrast the two situations and compare and contrast what they said about it. Mike, uh, I don't know if you, I'm going to switch gears real quick. I don't know if you had a chance to attend practice yesterday. Um, probably not. But 
if you didn't, if you did, what were your first impressions? If not, um, what are your expectations for this spring and anything specific you're looking out for? Yeah, as far as practice, uh, I think the last practice they let us into was August of 2021, and I don't anticipate that coming back. Wow. Um, Yeah, I think in the last three seasons, we've been let into about two practices, and that was at the very beginning of the 2021 season, and that quickly ended. Um, so there's there's zero access to spring practice. I want to anticipate any access to the fall, and it's just kind of the, the new way uh, that they're they've been going. Really so not, not even before practice, right? So like the I remember when I was playing, you know, the media period, we'd be doing individuals, we'd be in indie, and you guys would come out there with your cameras and uh, you know get to watch yep. for maybe 15 minutes or so. So wow, so there's none of that anymore. Yeah, exactly. There there was my first season, 2019. There always was when I covered the NFL, and that was you know mandated by the NFL. Mm-hmm. But there's no such rules in college, so it's really up to what Nick Saban wants. And again, it, it went away <laughs> at Dang. first because of COVID, uh, because of COVID and the COVID rules that were in place. But obviously, we're we're beyond that, um, and now it's just sort of become the norm. Sure. Um, and you know, I think is it's it's strategic. You know, they don't want us seeing depth charts or. Uh, you know, injured players who's not practicing before a game. And I think there's obviously a benefit on their standpoint or from their standpoint and protecting their information. But, right. you know, we do lose out on some of the perspective that we would see if we even saw a brief bit of practice. So I, I can't say I saw any practice yesterday. Um, and that's, <laughs> that's all I can really say. I guess whatever Nick Saban said is, is kind of what we know. Any expectations? Anything you're looking out for? Uh, you know, position yeah. battles that you're interested in. Obviously, everybody's talking about the quarterback battle. So give us a, another yeah. battle that you might be interested in besides the quarterback battle. Yeah, and I, I, I would have said the secondary, even before the Tony Mitchell thing. Um, the secondary was a big sort of area of intrigue for me because you're losing four guys, four starters, yeah. um, including a very good player in Brian Branch and a very good player in Jordan Battle. And, you know, DeMarco Helms was a starter and Eli Rick started games for him last year. So, they return Kool-Aid, and you kind of have that one corner spot locked down, but who's your other starting corner? Is it Terry and Arnold? Is it a younger guy? Uh, who's the starting star? Who's the starting money? Who are the two starting safeties? I mean, they, they have guys. Malachi Moore probably moved to safety. Um, obviously, Caleb Downs is coming in as a freshman in a five-star kid. Des Ricks uh, coming in as a freshman five-star, but there's a lot of inexperienced players in the secondary, and um, you know we kind of that at some points last season that that whole position as a whole was an issue uh the tennessee game you know probably comes to mind first so um that's that's a big area and there's no safeties coach either um they've kind of changed things around with that staff where kevin Steele and and nick saban will float around and coach the safeties but there's no charles kelly anymore uh to kind of bring these young safeties along as that singular coach in that room good point uh, just another note on Mitchell and what y'all were talking about. <clears throat> I think he could have been a starter. Um, he's that. What is he? Five star, five star, five star. Um, so that is a, a big loss, certainly to the young man, but also to Alabama's secondary. Um, of the other things he quoted on, certainly he talked about quarterbacks a little bit. Was there anything else in his post-practice interview news conference he said of interest uh, to us? A little bit. I mean, the Tommy Reese, um, he didn't get too in-depth on Tommy Reese, but I think just the whole idea of hiring an offensive coordinator to develop a quarterback, 
um, was was one thing that stood out to me. Again, I, I think I've been on here before talking about I don't think Tommy Reese is just going to pick up the Notre Dame system and bring it to Alabama and they're going to run the ball a whole bunch and they're going to have a bunch of tight ends in the field. Like I think they're still going to run the Alabama offense. And that's even what um, Saban references, that part of knowing the offense, knowing the Alabama system is part of what they look for in hiring coaches. And in this case, the quarterback position is still going to be very important to them. Um, and he even said that the, the critical factor this season is going to be developing that quarterback because he likes what he sees around them on offense. So I think it's still a quarterback-centric offense. I think, I think it's still an offense that wants to pass the ball and move the ball down the field. Um, so how Tommy Reese is able to bring that quarterback along and how he's able to run that system is going to be a big story this year. As always, Mike, we appreciate uh, your contributions to Big Noon Sports. Uh, have safe travels, and uh, we'll talk again next week, I'm certain. Sounds good. Thank you. All Thank right. You, Mike. Um, taking phone calls at 205-342-9904. Also, you can find our website at BigNoonSports.com and at Big Noon Sports. That's our Twitter account. Back with some phone calls after this. To the plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. At 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A little warmer this afternoon. The sky partially sunny. The high today, 64. Fair tonight. We stay well above freezing. The low, 48. For tomorrow and Thursday, partly sunny both days. The warm-up continues. The high tomorrow, 74. The high Thursday, 83. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 59 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk. In the state, Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back on Big Noon Sports, Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson, Christian Miller, and your phone calls being taken at 205-342-9904. Let's go to Leon, who has joined us from our flagship station, Tide in Tuscaloosa. How are you doing, Leon? Good afternoon. How are you? Great. Okay, I just, I didn't want to call the hall a whole bunch of time and be down with a big time analyst or whatever. I just want to make two simple comments that's based on facts. Okay, the Tony Mitchell situation and the Brandon Miller discussion. Hey, man, that's bananas and pears. They're not similar to the same thing. Okay, now, if you're on the train track back there behind Coleman at 1245, the train, you can come around 1245, 1250. If you back down that train track and that train coming at 1245, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. So there is a such thing as that. Now, with those two made, I'm going to get off this phone and, and, and see, let y'all unwind that. But keep in mind one thing. When a person is charged with a crime and been arrested, that's not the same thing as a person being mentioned about some more people uh, who committed a crime. It's not the same thing. It's two totally different situations. All right. You are correct. Right now, mm-hmm. Brandon Miller is a witness. Yeah, uh, thank you. This one has two different yeah. things. It's two different things. Yeah, Mitchell is accused of a crime. Mm-hmm. 
So it's not, it's not, it's, those two discussions don't even go in the same, on the same page, you understand? Absolutely. And, I do. And, yep. and as smart as Nick Saban is, to me, I think he's one of the smartest men in the world. When he said there's no such thing, men wrong play at the wrong time. Be in the house when it catch on fire, and you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Nah, this is simple, man. And you you can't debate it. This is just as simple. No, I agree. Leon, great call. Uh-huh. Appreciate it. Okay. Call again I'll, sometime I'll, soon. Okay, we'll do. I'll just, I'll just interject, Matt. I, I, I think it was just an unfortunate word choice by Coach Saban. I think we can agree on that. Yeah, and, and I think it, it kind of like Leon was saying, I, I there's definitely you know different situations, and uh, I, I would say when Coach Saban was saying that again, I think he's thinking of if someone tried to make an excuse for his player. He's talking about his player. That's what the the focus was on, his player in the situation. He doesn't believe in that wrong place at the wrong time because you still made a decision to get in a car with somebody, even if it was you know their belongings or whatnot. You chose to do that. They're completely different, and you chose to you know outrun a police officer who was attempting to pull you. That that's what he's saying, and I agree with Leon. You know, there is such thing as wrong place at the wrong times. Like you said, I mean, if you're unfortunately the wrong place at the wrong time in a, in a car accident or, or what have it, but that's uh, that's not what Coach Saban was mentioning in, in his press. No, conference. he was talking about Tony Mitchell's exactly. particular set of circumstances. Uh, let's go to Bryce, who's dialed in. How you doing, Bryce? Hey, Lars uh, and uh, Kristen and Matt. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. Uh, this thing about what Saban said, I agree with Christian 100%. Uh, he probably hadn't even known nothing about NATO's press conference. Uh, but the national media is just taking it and running with it, just like uh, Laura said. I, I can only imagine what this idiot that comes on at 2 o'clock on TV is going to say. <laughs> I, quit to, I quit listening to that idiot after the thing on Brandon Miller broke. How uh, dare you I say that it. about Ellen? <laughs> you know who uh, I'm talking about, guys. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Talking oh, yeah. About. No, it's just, uh, this is pouring jet fuel onto the fire, and um, you know, uh, and 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 I, I, I agree uh, with 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 Christian's assessment that um, it was unintentional, and now we have some reporters that have uh, you know independently confirmed that that it was unintentional and coincidental. But that being said, it, it was. Again, unfortunate word choice that just gives more legs to a story. And it's almost like, uh, 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 gosh, I, I, it's almost like another self-inflicted wound by Alabama. I, I agree with Emma. Uh, well, it's and, almost uh, like when Alabama's trying to do the right thing, somebody's going to find something else out. And then you, you wait for the other shoe to, to drop and you find out this dang thing is an octopus. Uh, and every time you think it's going to settle down a little bit, it doesn't. And, and I'll emphasize what I said going on the bottom of the hour. Good grief. Bless this basketball team going in there to try and win a game and advance to the Elite Eight. And all they're going to be bombarded about is something Nick said but didn't mean. Great. Yeah. And I'm, and, it, yeah. And I'm sure Coach Oates, Coach Oates will take a little grain of salt. He don't say nothing about it. I'm sure he don't. You know? If yeah. he's even heard, it, it, you know. Hey, y'all got to remember when Chris 
It's like E.F. When he talks, you better listen. He knows what's going on, guys. I remember those commercials. All right, we will. We will take heed of that. Hey, I don't fear my opinion on Christian. Thank you, Bryce. (laughs) Oh, may may I add just a thought or two to the Tony Mitchell situation? And I'm not in any way trying to be candid because there's nothing even remotely funny about this. But 141 miles an hour, I happen to be very familiar with that area because I go to Panama City a lot. And that in that Bonifay area, there are little bitty two-lane highways, and that's it. The only place you could go 141 miles an hour is on I-10, and that runs just to the south of Bonifay. So that's where he had to have been. And and I'm not trying to, to, you know, help the criminal nation here, but if you can get away from police at 141 miles an hour, can't you ditch your stash? I mean... Okay, maybe I'm sound like I've been there, done that. I haven't, but I just think, <laughs> wow, uh, throw the yeah. And hey, they're guilty. They, they're right now they're charged. Um, but uh, Lars, help me. Am I thinking the wrong way? No, uh, no, I, you're not. I, I think um, you're thinking like just an average you, human being would think, Matt. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm, yeah. <laughs> You know, Matt, you made a good point um, about uh, NATO is going to be bombarded here. Don't you think because of that, Nick Saban should or Alabama Athletics should release a statement? It's a great question. So it's resolved and so NATO doesn't have to deal with it once he gets to Louisville and meets the media. Great topic for the top of the hour on Big Noon Sports. Sports Talk in the State, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. First and a national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. And we're off and running into hour number two of Big Noon Sports. Bottom of the hour. Actually, at uh, 115, we'll be joined by Steve Irvine of 1819 Sports Talks Basketball. Meantime, we're talking about Nick Saban's comments uh, and their direction. And Lars had a very, very interesting question just before we hit our break at the top of the hour. Yeah, just um, knowing that uh, how Nick Saban's uh, comment about uh, there is no such thing as wrong place, wrong time, and how it echoed what um, uh, Nate Oates said uh, right after the, the the hearing in Tuscaloosa about Brandon Miller, and then he had to apologize for making those comments. Um, and, and so anyway, people across the country, writers across the country have been tweeting about this and, and saying that, that Nick Saban, it appears, is throwing shade at Nate Oates to get in front of this, you guys. Um, and I'll start with you first, Matt. 
do you think that the Alabama Athletic Department should issue just a statement saying that uh, Nick Saban regrets uh, his, his choice of words um, and that in no way was he, you know, um, uh, referencing anything about NATO or, or the basketball program. Try as much as possible to put this thing to bed before uh, Oates and the Alabama players meet with the media. Uh, I believe their first availability is probably going to be on Thursday. Well, there's a bunch of school thoughts here, and I've gone through all of them. Uh, But I guess my kind of question, my answer is with a question. And if they do that, is that going to soften it any? Because they're still going to ask Nate Oates about it on Thursday, whatever whatever Nick says. Um, A while ago, I thought uh, maybe you just let it settle. Take the questions on Thursday. Take your medicine there and move on. But the more I think about it, um, the less pressure you want to take off Nate Oates in Alabama, which, by the way, is dang near impossible with what's happened to them since uh, the, the middle of January. I think I would lean on the side of issuing a very brief comment saying this in no way has anything to do. Please. I don't know. You don't beg the media for anything. Um but I guess now I'm leaning towards the direction of Alabama issuing a response, which, by the way, if they are going to choose that method, do it by EOB. Yeah. Christian? Uh, I'll be honest. I mean, at, what, at this point, I don't think they do they need to issue a response. No. I mean, because if he knows he didn't intentionally. Uh, try to take a shot at anybody, which I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say it for him. He did not intentionally say that. Like, plain and simple. I mean, the guy's I agree. been to countless basketball games this season. And I just said, this, we're talking about a coach who does not even publicly criticize his own coordinators when everybody was asking him, you know, assess the performance. He said nothing but positive things about both guys the entire time, right? I mean, he, he, that, that would just be ludicrous to actually think that he would go out there and publicly you know, throw Nate Oates under the bus. I mean, you're silly if you believe that. So do I think they need to, to issue a statement? No. I mean, would it hurt? Probably not. But Matt, I think you said it best. Regardless if they issue a statement or not, the media is going to ask Nate Oates about that regardless. And, and and I'll be honest with you. I mean, at some point, you just have to learn how to tune the media. I know Coach Saban does, and that's probably why he, if, if someone issues a statement, it's on his behalf. I mean, he's focused on football. He didn't mean to, to cause this controversy or this stir you know, it's unintentional. Um, I just think it's just silly that we have to just, you know, deal with these little things. It's like a cat and mouse game. Like people are just trying to, to you know, create things that aren't even there. I mean, like Coach Oates and Nick Saban, I'm almost positive, have a tremendous relationship. I mean, and to, to, to start to stir the pot like this, I think it's just, um, you know, just irresponsible. And again, I get nowadays the media goes for clicks rather than, you know, the truth. Or validity in their articles. There's a lot of misinformation and false narratives because they just want people to click and read. That's how they get paid. But at the end of the day, I mean, if you know the truth, that's all that matters. And and I hope the basketball team is able to just to focus on you know winning their next game to, to tune this noise out. I mean, this is exactly what Coach Saban would call rat poison. That's exactly what it is. I mean, it's useless. There's no point in even paying attention to it. If I'm Nate Oates in that basketball team, I'm. I'm keeping on with, with what I'm focused on. I'm worried about winning the basket, basketball game. I'm not worried about um, Coach Saban, you know, misspeaking or using a phrase that uh, potentially kind of 
is, is, you know, assumed to be taking a shot at your head coach. I'm worried about winning the game. I think it's easy for us because we are in Alabama and we all have connections to the university uh, in in various ways that um, it's easy to uh, sort of overlook the power of those words that come from Nick Saban's mouth on the second floor of the Malmore Athletic Facility. I mean, when he talks... People in Seattle, Washington, L.A., I mean, all across the country, New York, Miami, uh, you know, <laughs> D.C., like everybody's everybody's paying attention. I mean, it, it, it's I mean, and to us, it's just like another day. Right. But um, and, and, and now that the Alabama basketball team is trying to do something that has never been done before. Um, you, you know, I, I've, I've even read one columnist who uh, went so far as to suggest that Nick Saban is trying to undermine uh, Nate Oates because he doesn't want Nate Oates to steal the That had to be stuff. comedy. That had to be comedy. There's no way. No, they, there's no, no way. I'm, they, I'm serious. I'm serious. That had, that so, had to be uh, written with some sarcasm. If someone wrote that um, no, I, in a serious manner, legit, someone needs to help them. Somebody legit wrote that. I'm not even going to give this person credit. <laughs> Don't give them any credit at all. That's, but, but I'm that's just, funny. I'm just telling you. It, it's it is out. funny. It, it is out there. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know if I if I was a PR consultant, I would I would say that that that, that yeah, you know, the easy thing would for Nate Oates. He's asked about it and he said, hey, uh, I talked to Nick Saban. He's, there's nothing to it. We're great friends. He's a great supporter. I, I appreciate his support. And it's a it, it's a non-issue. Next question. You know, and then hopefully it doesn't sort of dies down from there. But um, you know, I mean, uh, they've they've had much uh, much more difficult things to handle throughout the press these past few weeks and in past couple months. So honestly, I think they'll be fine managing this one from Coach Saban. Yeah, it is, you know, a a pebble in your shoe to have to you know go through this again, but. I think they'll. They, I think at this point they're they're well trained on how to manage these things. Well, Alabama basketball team and 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 university to a certain extent has a huge bullseye on their back, and the national media and people like uh, Mr. Travis. I'll say it. Uh, I shouldn't even mention his name for publicity's sake, but uh, gee, I hope he walks through Alabama with a big stick next time he comes up here. But anyway, (laughs) I shouldn't say that either. I'm going to be in trouble. But uh, we all know Nick Saban on a more local level, and uh, we know that he lives in a box. It's a crimson-colored football box. And and by that, he probably doesn't remember or even know what Oates said. And he probably, and maybe not, but I remember Gene Stallings used to tell us he didn't even know who they were playing next. And I just found that impossible to believe. <laughs> the way these people are, the way they focus. Christian has said at times when he was playing, he didn't know who they were playing the next week. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I would know, you know, coming in on a Monday once we have them, you know, on the board and we're we're breaking yeah, them down. Do. Yeah, but I'll be honest, like, did I know our schedule? Okay, we have this this team this week then we're playing Mississippi State no I had no clue I just took it week by week and whoever was up on the board that week that's who we were focused on and then 
once you know because that's what we practice we we practice being where our feet are that's the saying we say all the time be where your feet are and if you're looking ahead you're not putting all your mental energy and focus on the task at hand and that's uh, that's what makes you vulnerable that's how you um you, you go out there and you have issues and errors because you're, you're not focused on what you need to focus on so again being a part of that program and knowing coach Saban personally i, I He's so locked in, guys. I'm telling you, he like I highly doubt, and it's no disrespect to Coach Oates, but I highly doubt he is even watching or listening to a Coach Oates press conference. Let alone, you know, it's spring. He is prepping for spring. Maybe if it's downtime and he just is flipping through something and happens to hear it, sure. But right now, guys, I promise you, he is 150 percent locked in on football. I mean, they're starting spring ball. I mean, you're talking about a guy who eats, sleeps, and breathes football. That's all Coach Cooper, but besides his family, Miss Terry and his family loves his family, but football is his life. He is not listening to basketball conf- uh, uh, press uh, press conferences. or He goes and attends the game, sure, with his family, but he's not listening to the press conference. Uh, sticking with spring ball just for one second, Christian, um, do you do any uh, like work on preparing for the opponents for the upcoming season is there any uh looking ahead to the first game or or is there any of that at all or is it just focused on the the team and the uh the each individual trying to get better uh i mean i don't want to you know say too much but sometimes you do uh you do prep a little bit uh, ahead um with certain different things it's not like you're doing a full week of prep on an opponent no but there there are times i feel like you you do kind of uh look ahead and just get ideas on how certain looks might look against certain schemes or potential schemes you might face so yeah i mean there is a little bit of that sprinkled in for sure uh here and there i'm not sure about everywhere but um i think it is a good opportunity for you to do that I mean, you, you pretty much know who your conference opponents are. So if there's something you feel like you struggled with in the past or at least a past season and you know you, you're expecting to play that same uh, style um, of team or, or, you know, player. Um, yeah, I think it is smart to kind of get ahead and just kind of get some ideas on different ways to, to go against and encounter that. Guys, how would you like to have been the media relations guy that told Nick Saban how this had blown up? Man, I think I'd have, I think I'd have told him in a text or called him on the phone well, because I, Nick I, Saban would not. Well, he doesn't I, want to. Hear I know. This crap. Jo- I know Josh Maxson and, and Lord bless him. I know. <laughs> Man, yeah, he, not, he does not have an easy job. No, nope. Josh is great though. We love he is Josh. Great. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, we're going to talk some more basketball on the other side of this break. You listen to Big Noon Sports. More Big Noon Sports coming up. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A little warmer this afternoon. The sky partially sunny. The high today, 64. Fair tonight. We stay well above freezing. The low, 48. For tomorrow and Thursday, partly sunny both days. The warm-up continues. The high tomorrow, 74. The high Thursday, 83. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 62 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
on the line. Steve, what's going on? Not much. How y'all doing? Good. Doing great. Good. What's on your mind today? What's on my mind? Um, I'm just trying to relax a little bit. Wait for wait wait, wait for these games to start again this weekend and uh, forget that I ever had a bracket. <laughs> you and me both, yeah, Steve. Steve um, <laughs> uh, have you been surprised by the amount of upsets? Uh, no, I, I apologize. I, I I got a bad note here. Um, this is a uh, Steve Irvine uh, joining us now. Uh, Steve, um, what? Uh, how is your bracket? And what, what has been the biggest surprise of the first uh, two rounds of the NCAA tournament to you? Well, uh, my bracket's terrible. Um, I, you know, I, I did pick Furman to win the first round. That's kind of my my one uh, <laughs> maybe one game I got right. Um, I, you know, what one thing that that this I guess surprised me. But it shouldn't have is just how um, how much how how closer the uh, you know the the power five type whatever you want to call in basketball to uh, you know to the to the group of five whatever you want to call that in basketball just kind of how how much uh, you know how many upsets there's been how close they are these games are I mean we're you know we're we're kind of meeting in the middle here you know and I think that that's uh, going forward I think that's going to be something that that. Happens. I don't know. Happens more often. I don't know if it's because transfer portal. I don't know. You know, I'm not sure what it is that's caused this. Uh, but but you know, it's it's uh, it's evening up. You know, and when you watch a lot of these games and you see what's what's uh, what's a seeding upset, you you watch them and go, there's not a whole lot of difference between these teams. You know, it's not just one team playing out of their mind and and you know another team not playing well. Uh, it, it's there's talent wise, it's just not a much, not a whole lot of difference between these teams now, and that's kind of um, that's that's been kind of fun to watch. Steve Irvine from eighteen nineteen Sports is our guest, and Steve, by the way, I had Furman, and I also had FIU, <laughs> which uh, FAU, uh, the yeah. Owls, uh, yeah. which is my big pick. I'm actually doing okay, which means everybody I picked uh, is going to lose now. But anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to. I want to talk a lot of basketball here. <clears throat> Let's do talk about Sunday afternoon. Oh, man, that's the liveliest crowd I've seen at Bartow all year. Now you've been to all of them. I've been to about seventy five percent. But it was a great crowd, and in uh, second half. Uh, again, UAB just throttled it and ended up sending Morehead and State back. But um, now it's Nashville. Now it's, it's SEC versus Conference USA. Size this one up tomorrow night uh, for us. Well, I, I mean, I, I think if uh, if UAB shows up and you know plays well, I, you know they've got a good chance in this one. I, you know, I do think that it's going to be a little adjustment playing you know in, in Memorial, you know, which is a, a quirky place. And I think, uh, you know, I think the good thing in that is, you know, obviously Andy Candy's played there or been there a lot as, you know, as the Ole Miss coach. But there's three other guys on the team that have played there. Uh, you know, Eric Gaines played there when he was at LSU. K.J. Buffin played there at Ole Miss. And Ty Brewer played there when he was at Southeast Louisiana. In fact, he had a really big game there when he played, you know, a couple, few years ago at South, Southeast Louisiana. So I think having some guys that have experience playing there will, will help them. Uh, it will help them a little bit. And, you know, if they if they show up, it you know it should be it should be a you know really good game. You know, I think Vanderbilt is uh, Vanderbilt impresses me with with you know they lose 
the, the big kid, the seven foot center, uh, Liam Robbins. They lose him at the you know toward the end of the season with the leg injury, and then Miles Stutes uh, decides to go to the transfer portal. He's you know he's their top three point shooter. You know at, at the end of the regular season, and yet they keep winning. You know, and, and you know the other the other day they're down eight with a minute left. Uh, against Michigan and end up winning the game. Now they got a couple really nice Memorial Coliseum uh, uh, whistles there at the end of the game, but uh, but still they they you know they found a way to win and so so it's going to be a it's going to be a tough game, but it's going to be entertaining. Steve, we're down to the Sweet Sixteen. Is there any team in particular that you feel like is the biggest threat to Alabama to Alabama right now? You know, I, I'm interested to see how San Diego State plays, uh, you know, on Friday. I, I really am because I, I, I really like the way they're playing right now and they're playing with a lot of confidence. Now, they haven't played anybody as good as Alabama, so that's, you know, that's – we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I'm kind of – I'm kind of interested to see what happens there. Uh, but but other than that, and I mean, I think if Alabama plays their game, they're so good defensively. I think that's one thing that, that we sort of lost – track of a little bit because you know just because you know uh, Brandon Miller the way he's played you know during the season you know with his offense and just the way they shoot threes and you sort of you almost forget they're that good defensively but I you know I'm watching that game you know the the Maryland game the other day you know really jumped out to me because Maryland's I mean not that Maryland's a great offensive team but they they can they can do anything and and so I think if, if Alabama brings their defensive game, I don't know that anybody's going to beat them. I really don't. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But, again, I, I'm, I'm just intrigued by this, by San Diego State a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I am too. Uh, the fact that uh, they are uh, one of the most experienced teams in the country. I think they have four seniors uh, uh, who start. And um, in Alabama, uh, we don't think of them as a young team, but they really are one of the youngest teams in the country. Um, in, 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 along those lines, uh, do you give San Diego State, I don't know if you've had a chance to, you know, really uh, dig in and and analyze San Diego State, but do, do you give them a, a puncher's chance against Alabama? And I, I've been saying since the tournament began that Alabama needs to watch out for Creighton uh, in the in the great eight, right, uh, in the final eight there. Uh, I'm a Nebraska native. Creighton, for those of you who don't know, is in Omaha, Nebraska. Creighton has about three dudes who can just bomb the ball from beyond the arc. They got a really big guy in the middle. Um, they they have the ingredients there uh, to uh, to beat anybody, and uh, they've, they've proven that so far in the tournament. Uh, they got to get past Princeton, but I, I do think Steve, if you're if you're Nate Oates and you say, okay, we got to beat potentially uh, um, San Diego State and then say Creighton. To get to the Final Four, they probably would have taken that right before the tournament oh, started. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. But but uh, you know, at this point, no, no doubt. I mean, if you were told for the tournament start, okay, here's here, here, here's who we'll give you in the you know in, in the in uh, the two games leading up to the Final Four. Absolutely, they take that. You know, Creighton is, is it's interesting you bring up. I mean, I I think it's a good point bringing up Creighton because I think the other thing that Creighton has. Is a coach 
who is not afraid of any challenge. And I'm not saying that other coaches are afraid, you know, that type of thing, but he's just always been one of those guys that he doesn't care who you put on the other side. And he's going to make his team believe that they're, that they're better than them and that they, that they can win this game. And, and, and I think with McDermott, I mean, I think you got that. And then in a sense, you got that with San Diego State, too. I love what, you know, the other day he said, I guess on the radio out of San Diego, you know, we can beat this team. You know, and I, you know, when you're playing a game where you're an underdog, I love coaches that will just come out and say it. And I'm not talking about talking trash or anything like that. Just, just show the confidence going into it publicly. You know, I, I mean, I think that's, that's big. Is it going to get them anywhere? Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, time will tell on that. But it certainly wouldn't get them anywhere if you're if you're you know coming out saying, "Hey, we don't have a chance." You know, um, I mean, it certainly wouldn't. But we'll, I mean, we'll see. Time will tell. And again, I think if Alabama plays their game, they're tough to beat. And they, I mean, obviously. But uh, it's a great point about them being very young. You know, because they are very very young. Don't have a lot of guys that have been in this, uh, you know, might not have anybody that's been in this this kind of setting. So um, we'll see. You know, time, time's going to tell. Yeah. And well, and, go ahead. Go sorry, ahead, Mark. I was going to say, and you would think that Alabama will have uh, somewhat of a, a home crowd advantage given the proximity of Louisville to Birmingham as opposed to uh, flying across the country from uh, San Diego and and San Diego State doesn't necessarily have the largest fan base to begin with Um, so that 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 could play a role who knows Uh, I I think it did I think the crowd did help Alabama in Birmingham Um, not that they really needed the help but uh, you know you made a good point about Maryland Maryland's a good team and Alabama played, you know, their like, you know, C plus game, and they ended up winning by twenty two. <laughs> it's just yeah. like yeah. Alabama can beat you so many different ways, and now you're starting to hear, you know, respected national pundits saying that this is one of the best teams that they've seen in the last potentially, you know, if they can pull it off and win it all. This is one of right. the best teams they've seen in the last, you know, 20, 30 years. Right. And I you know, I really do think it's defensively because, you know, in the Maryland game, I'm watching that game, particularly in the first half about midway through. And you know, now they didn't, Julian Reese got in a foul trouble, which, which hurt him because that, that was their plan was to, to try to pound the ball inside to him. But there was a point where I thought, you know, is Maryland going to score again? You know, not, not, not just win the game. Well, they score again because they they were they were getting no no quality looks. They just uh, you know Alabama was really really playing well on the defensive end. So you know they're certainly capable of that. And again, you know when you, when you take Julian Reese out of there, it, it hurts you tremendously. But uh, but still, you know the way they were playing defensively is just you know that's what wins your championship. Well. We'll see because it is very underrated in Alabama. I think in some different defensive categories and statistics, they're third in the nation in in a few of them. So, but mm-hmm. because they can they they can kill you so many different ways with their offense. And Brandon Miller, the, the offense gets all uh, they get all the spotlight, and sometimes rightfully so. But defense is important. Uh, even right. Charles Barkley agrees to that. Steve, how can people read up on you? 1819news.com. Uh, give us a give us a read. We have a lot of good stuff on there. And uh, I'm at uh, at Steve Irvine04 uh, on uh, on my Twitter site. 
Good stuff as always, Steve. Awesome. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate you guys. We have, uh, we obviously, for just justified reasons, we jumped into the Nick Saban stuff and all that. But, uh, guys, there's some NFL stuff going on that I want to put out there, including Cam Newton at Pro Day. I, I don't know. Maybe my memory just fades. I've never heard of such a thing. More on Big News Sports. This is Big Noon Sports with Lars, Matt, and Christian. This is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned Cigar and Spirits Destination. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. It's a big noon sports with Lars, Chris, and Joe. <clears throat> Appreciate y'all being with us. A uh, couple of things that uh, I saw, and I know you guys did this morning. Uh, first of all, Christian, you know the guy played your position in some ways. Uh, Dante Hightower decided he's going to hang it up. Your thoughts on him as a player, both at Alabama and in the NFL? Oh, tremendous player. I mean, he, he was one of the guys, you know, came in here at the Alabama program and, and made uh, such a huge difference. Um, talk about a great leader. Um, anytime people talk about Dante Hightower, there's so many great things said about him. And um, as a linebacker, you know, you, you, you come to Alabama, you hear the names of guys like Dante Hightower, C.J. Mosley, and uh, you just want to try to live up to that standard. And um, you always appreciate guys like that. And I wish him nothing but um, the best uh, in his retirement. He's definitely earned it. And we're talking about a guy um, that's a three-time Super Bowl champion, uh, two-time Pro Bowler. Then, you know, in college, he obviously um, was a member of uh, two national championship teams. So, uh, I mean, the guy has accomplished everything uh, that, that you wish to accomplish as a as a professional football player and a, a college athlete. I mean, that's everybody's dream, you know, just win a national championship and win a Super Bowl. And he won uh, multiple of each. Um, so, again, I wish him nothing but um, happiness and, and, and hope he enjoys his retirement and uh, definitely looked up to him as a player and uh, can't say enough great things about Dante Hightower. Yeah, Matt, uh, a, a few things about Dante. Um, one, uh, you know, we, we've talked about how uh, it, it's my belief and I, I think your belief too, Matt, that Julio Jones was the most important recruit of the Saban era. But on the defensive side, I would argue that it was Dante Hightower. Sure, and then, agree. And, and, and Dante wasn't necessarily as, as highly touted as um, as Julio was, but Dante came in and really just established the the culture of the Alabama defense, and and uh, really was the face of it. And then, sort of on a on a personal level. Um, years after, and I, I'd spent a lot of time with Dante, you know, when he covering him at Alabama, 
And then when he was with the Patriots, I was assigned to do a, a piece uh, just called kind of the Patriot way. And um, it, it's it's tough. And, and I had never, you know, spent time up in New England uh, with the Patriots. And it's tough as a reporter to walk into an NFL locker room and it's like you parachute in and none of the players know who the hell you are. Right. And, and it's in there's there's no no relationships have been established or or anything. And, and so I, I was really kind of getting nowhere with this piece. And then I saw Dante and it's hard to miss him because the guy is so big. But uh, I saw Dante in the locker room. Uh, he was just sitting in front of his locker and, and no one is around him. And I went up and he remembered me. And uh, ended up having just a, a great conversation. He actually then introduced me to a couple of his teammates. And the story turned into, I think, a pretty powerful piece and one that had uh, that was well reported. And it was all because of Dante. Right. And, and like if, if he hadn't sort of uh, like it, it's almost like he gave me the stamp of approval to his other teammates and uh, it was uh, something that was very, you know, I don't know. Other people may think this is a very small gesture, but to me, that like meant everything because it just it changed uh, how I was able to go about the reporting of that story. And I also think it speaks to the content of Dante's character, Matt. Good story. Just a couple other notes, and then I want to get to Cam Newton, Damian Harris. It's no longer going to be with the uh, with the Patriots. By the way, McCory retired too. I don't know if y'all saw that. So it's kind of a day of retirement for the Patriots. Damon Harris leaving the Patriots. He's joining their rival, the Buffalo Bills. Also, O.J. Howard has found a new home, the Las Vegas Raiders. He leaves Houston to now catch passes from Jimmy Garoppolo. And if I have enough courage, we will end the show on the most outlandish, outrageous, unbelievable bonus to a guy's contract offered in Las Vegas. I don't know if I have the stones to do this, but I want to talk about Cam Newton here. Cam is going to throw at the Auburn Pro Day. Lars, you ever heard of a, of a guy with 10 years of NFL experience, a former MVP uh, throwing at his former college's pro day? Uh, no, but he did. He did say yesterday, uh, "Ain't thirty-two blank better than me," uh, meaning thirty-two starting quarterbacks. And um, yeah, it, it, so you know, good for Cam. I mean, he, he wants to still play. Um, I'll uh, I'll say this to me. Uh, Christian, Cam Newton was the single best college football player I've ever seen with my own eyes. And uh, I know it's better than Joe Burrow. Somebody stop the press. (laughs) Cincinnati. This is is the one that the one one season uh, at at Auburn 2010, I believe it was. It's just incredible. And the, the the game he played against LSU, I'll never forget him dragging Patrick Peterson, you know, five yards into the end zone. And later, Bruce Arians would tell me that, hey, the best player I've ever coached is Patrick Peterson. And Cam Newton did that to Patrick Peterson. 
I mean, it, it's it, it, Cam is, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, and I, I've, I've spent a lot of time with Cam over the years, and I, I actually like him very much. I know, I know he's a little uh, eccentric and probably rubs some of our listeners the wrong way, but um, uh, Christian. Uh, being a part of the the Carolina Panthers franchise, uh, did you ever come across Cam? Also, I didn't know. It's like, my teammate, ever... man. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what do you think? We just don't speak. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I didn't know if you guys are teammates. I'm sorry, I didn't know if you overlapped or not. Oh, That's my yeah. bad. No, you're good. No, I, yeah, yeah. No, I uh, got to know him really well and. Uh, I tell people all the time, he, you know, he gets a lot of flag just, you know, because he's a, a very large personality. He's very outspoken. Um, he's he's very um, himself, very much himself in terms of, you know, uh, his choice of fashion. Um, you know, he, he's who he is. And uh, he kind of gets a bad rep. But if, if you really get to know him on a personal level, he's really a great guy. Um, he cares about his teammates. He's very passionate about the game. Um, I always tell people this. I mean, he, he gives everybody nicknames. Doesn't matter if you're an undrafted guy or seasoned vet. Everybody, uh, you know, is is a part of the team, and um, you know, he treated you all the same. Came came up with nicknames for everybody. He's a very personable guy, but um, I, I I love it for him. I, I see him as a guy who who wants to play football. He still wants to play, um, and so this is a great step for him to maybe showcase his ability to still. Uh, be an effective quarterback in the NFL. I mean, it's it's tough to say. Do I think that he can necessarily uh, come back and, and be a starting quarterback in the league? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like, yes, he obviously can do it, but at what level? Um, you know, realistically, I would say, you know, I would maybe look at the Falcons or maybe Tennessee or somebody who's kind of been struggling at the quarterback position. Maybe he could fill a void there. Um but other than that, I see a lot of young talent in the NFL at the quarterback position, so it's just tough to, to really uh, find a spot that I feel like he would, you know, maybe go in and be the starting quarterback in, in an effective manner. Now, could he just be on a roster, be a great veteran presence, and probably be a, a, a tremendous backup? Sure. Uh, I just don't think that's of any interest to him. I don't either, and I think that'll end up being the bugaboo because he just won't want to, you know, he doesn't want to stand on the sideline and, you know, some ways I can't blame him unless he just wants to earn a nice paycheck. I mean, make two or three million doing that. Uh, but he's Definitely. probably made plenty of money. But I, just, I don't see him um, settling to be a backup of the National Football League. No. Uh, all right. Uh, I talked about this story concerning Jimmy Garoppolo, and we're going to end on it because it is, uh, it's funny. It's strange. It's uh, the craziest thing I've ever heard in, as far as uh, offers on um, contracts. And this did not come from the Raiders. I will say that going into the break. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A little warmer this afternoon. The sky partially sunny. The high today, 64. Fair tonight. We stay well above freezing, below 48. Or tomorrow and Thursday, partly sunny both days. The warm-up continues. The high tomorrow, 74. The high Thursday, 83. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 60 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Wrapping up big noon sports for this just gorgeous Tuesday afternoon. Thanks for joining Christian Matt Lars. Again, our thanks to Joe Gaither. This story is a little bit raunchy, but I find it a little bit funny, too. Uh, You guys throw penalty flags on me for bringing this up. But those of you that are familiar with Las Vegas also know that uh, it's called Sin City for a reason. But the Chicken Ranch is the most well-known bordello, which, by the way, in parts of Las Vegas, that is totally within the law. But... A couple of the members of this particular ranch have said that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has trade here anytime he wants it. Wow. Do I get a response here? Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's been offered a deal, uh, free sex for life. Uh, okay, you, you went ahead and stepped out there. With well, yeah. You all must not be familiar with uh, one of his uh, former partners or i don't know if it's an ex or just someone he was dating um but she actually was um uh she she did film work for a living really yeah y'all weren't yeah. familiar with wow. that i did not know that yeah, oh so, so, yes uh i don't even know how i know this I don't know that I don't remember the name, but I just I mean, <laughs> it's OK if you know the story, Lars. I mean, it was all on TMZ. Uh, yeah. Some. Yeah, I think that was her name, but he at least had gone on dates with her. I don't know how serious it was, but so he's no stranger to those uh, types of things. So it, it, it makes sense. And, uh, well, <laughs> um, I, I feel stupid for acting bashful about bringing it up. You guys know the history of this guy. Well, well I mean, it's hard not to when the TMZ's <laughs> all over and say, oh, the NFL quarterback is seen, spotted, dating so-and-so, or is this person. I'm like, oh, wow, that's, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, normally you think a guy like him with, you know, him being in the spotlight, right, you'd, you'd think he'd probably keep things, you know, a little quiet, right? Maybe to himself, but uh, nah, he, they were stepping out in public at dinner. And I'm, I want to say it was in California, you know, where paparazzi loves to hang out. So he knew what he was doing. He knew he knew what he signed up for. Well, I, I guess by most accounts, and I'm certainly not the person to go to on judgment, but apparently he's a pretty good looking guy. I don't know. But um, anyway, uh, I'm more concerned <laughs> yeah, no, whether or not he can complete the pass to O.J. Howard, who they just picked up. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a little more important, Matt. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> it is a bizarre offer, though. Let's let, let's put it that way. So, yeah, so one of the workers there at the uh, chicken ranch, uh, Alice Little, um, you know, she's really, like, kind of taking one for the team here, for the team of uh, Las Vegas, and she said, uh, hey, the next Super Bowl's in Vegas. 
So I'm going to go all the way to inspire Jimmy G to go all the way. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, you don't have to really read between those lines, do you? <laughs> not at all. But I'll read between these lines on my phone about my good feet promotion that I love to do each and every day. Because we all wait a know. minute. Do you think they really want to follow this? They of course would, they do. They By the way. It's wide open. They're going to get Foot Locker's business. I don't know if you saw that or not, but go Good Feet. Oh, man. Good Feet has taken over, and rightfully so. Playing football has left me with all types of pain, foot pain, knee pain, back pain, you name it. We all know I deal with a lot of pain. But thank God for Good Feet because they have helped me tremendously uh, alleviate and eliminate that pain. There are supports of precision fit to your personal needs, lifestyle, profession, and footwear. I use them for all situations. It's remarkable the difference that they make in such a short period of time. So if you've never tried them, I highly advise you give them a shot. It's try before you buy. You've got nothing to lose. So stop into your local Good Feet store today. That's Midtown Village in Tuscaloosa. Or you can go online to make an appointment at goodfeet.com and find the nearest location near you. That's Good Feet, improving the quality of people's lives two feet at a time. Wonderful stuff, gentlemen. Anything to add is uh, I don't want my last story to be the last story. So somebody else bring something up. You know, when I was little, my dad, my dad had a very funny sense of humor. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, but he went to Vegas for some uh, lawyer's convention and uh, he ended up bringing me back a, a T-shirt from a brothel. And um, I, in my complete you know, 12 year old ignorance, uh, wore the t-shirt Not to, school. Uh, yeah, oh, <laughs> wore God. the t-shirt to school. And, um, yeah, my teacher sent me home and I had to change <laughs> out of the t-shirts. So thanks dad. You know, the more I, I, it, this is like therapy for me, right? Like I, 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 my dad really messed with me a lot. Yeah. Well, I was about to, you told us the story well, sure about the, the, you had the famous uncle for all those years. So now, well, now, now we just learned another one of his jokes. And this guy was good, man. Lars, you had a great father, man. He sounded like he was hilarious. Well, I think on that note, he's not getting any votes for parent of the year. Uh, sending your sending your kids to school with a chicken ranch shirt or whatever it said. Uh, he was trying to get you suspended, Lars. You must have made him mad that day. He wanted you to get suspended or sent to ISS. I, but I'm trying to think of how my mom let me out the door wearing that T-shirt. Uh, she didn't to, know. My mother's still alive, so I, I'll have to ask her about that. <laughs> yeah, we expect a report after your next visit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I get. Let's just have her on the show. No. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah, we should. Yeah, because y'all always interview my friends and then ask them stories about me or to share, share some share some 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 background details. So I think, yeah, maybe it is time for us to get hey, that's, super uh, close to y'all. We can dig deep true. on on Lars Anderson. That's yeah. not a, you know what, Christian? That's not a bad idea. Uh, my, my birthday's coming up on uh, April Perfect. 5th. Maybe oh. we could have her on for my birthday. And Absolutely. She can, she can uh, you know, spill the beans on all of my, all of my missteps uh, throughout my life, of which there are many. Yeah, I want to hear, hear some shows little Laura stories. We need <laughs> yeah, some little Laura stories. <laughs> um. All right, guys, uh, that'll wrap up this show. Appreciate it. Good conversation, good spirited conversation. We'll pick this up again uh, in your 
Tuscaloosa Station is just uh, remember Ryan Fowler is next with all his expertise concerning Alabama athletics. So uh, we'll let you go for now. I'll, I'll throw you a quick tease. My good friend Murray Bartow will be with us tomorrow to talk about what else but basketball. Have a great day, guys.